What's up, everybody? I'm Alex Lewis. And I'm Victoria Lewis. And we would like to welcome you to another episode of Keep Keep That That Same Same Energy, Energy, where we'll be discussing how to keep that same energy in your marriage, in your passions, and more. So much more. So let's get started. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Keep That Same Energy podcast. Um, Today, I have my beautiful wife here with me and co-host Victoria Lewis. Hey, y'all. And we have our special guest, Austin awesome. and Fantasia McGuffey. How are yep, you? Yep, yep, yep. What's up? Yes, today we have this dynamic couple, Austin and Fantasia, with us today. Austin is known as the consistency coach, and Fantasia is known as the fresh mom. They have been married for seven years and have four beautiful kids. They are both founders of their organization called Building Generational Health which is comprised of fitness instructors, nutrition consultants, and insurance agencies, insurance agents, all on a singular mission to do exactly what the name of their company suggests, build generational health. So with that being said, welcome, you guys. We are so excited to have you all join us today. Thank you. We are excited to be here. Yeah, super excited. Always willing to talk about the the struggles in life that make us who we are. (laughs) But we appreciate you guys joining again. So obviously, I mean, seven years is a long time, Fantasia and Austin. So how did you guys meet seven years ago? Well, longer than seven years ago, I would assume. Just a a little bit longer than seven years ago. No, it was, we met 10 years ago, actually. Um, Wow. But if I tell the story, Fantasia is going to say I'm lying. So I'll just let her tell the story. That's always how it goes, to be honest, Austin. Well, it depends on if you want a long story or a short story. If you want a long story, then I'll tell it. But well, we, the details. I think oh. the women want the details, oh. to be honest. All right. So back in 2010, um, we were both students at Georgia State. I don't know what year I was in because it took me forever to graduate. But um, I was like, 2010, what was I? I don't know, 20. Three, maybe? 22. 22. Okay. And then um, Austin was, how old were you then? I was 19. You were 18. 18. Okay. So we were at Georgia State together. We pledged a business fraternity. I pledged before him. He came along after. So that's initially how we met. But we also worked at the Sheraton Atlanta Hotel. Um, I was at the front desk and Austin was a bellman. And... Mm. Um, we were together for what, like a year, probably a year and a half, six months like that, something like that. But we were just solely friends. Like she was, Austin was scouting you. You already know that. I, <laughs> I was her friend, but she was a little bit more. Exactly. Than oh gosh. Anyway, I totally did not like. We were just friends, you know. He was like, it was, he was like my little brother in a sense. Um, <laughs> he's shaking his head. So, <laughs> Yeah, so I didn't really look at him like that. But then, you know, you just, I was young and, you know, just talking to different people. And then I remember kind of venting to him one day and he was like, man, why do you keep messing with these lanes? You know, like, why don't you get somebody who really cares about you? And he was just giving me, you know, advice or whatever. So I'm like, okay, that makes sense. But I didn't really put any, you know, I didn't put it all together. Plant C. The person that I was describing was me. Exactly. (laughs) So we, um, I think, okay, so I joke and I call him my rebound and I really don't mean that in a super negative way. I feel like we were both each other's rebounds, but, um, 
I was, I don't know, talking to somebody and he really disappointed me. And I remember kind of almost like crying to Austin. And then um, we just started hanging out. Like, I don't know, at, at work, we, um, I would talk to him a little bit more. And then I'm not sure really how he got my number. Um, it, was, it was a lot. You're not <laughs> sure how I got your number. <laughs> it was probably because of work, like, you yeah. know, talking about schedules or something. Wow. Anyway, um, I used to tell my friends at the time who also worked at the hotel that Austin was my future boo. So I just really, when we started talking, you know, he was very mature for his age. At that time, I guess he was like 19. Um, and he was very ambitious. He was um, kind. He had a relationship with God. And that was something that I was not used to. I didn't grow up in the faith. So, um, you know, it was he, he was just different. Although he was younger, he was still different. So his age definitely played a part. Like I wasn't, I was a little nervous to be like, okay, this is, we can make this official just because of people's perceptions, you know? Um, I mean, nobody really had anything like super negative to say, but you know, I mean, he was pretty young. So that's pretty much how we met um, at the hotel and in our business fraternity. And then we just start hanging out more and more. We, um, we didn't do things necessarily like the Christian way at first, or maybe ever. Yeah. <laughs> well, she's trying. Trying to say, trying to say this is an adult podcast, right? Yeah. Is this an adult? Yes, it's very adult. We keep it humble, honest, and transparent. As long as you're respectful, so just tell us the truth. Give it to us, right? Oh, what she was trying to say was that we were sexually active before being married, and that's what that's initially what she was like. You know. You no. better not. <laughs> you around. Anyway. Look, I'll put a bow on the story, okay? Basically, we were hanging out. She ended up falling in love with the kid. I guess I liked her too. And, you know, we ended up getting together, what, four months later. It became official. And then ever since then, we've been rocking. Yeah. And so um, we actually made, we made a decision that we would um, be abstinent until further notice or like I can't remember um I remember I was having discussions like with his mom you know he came from a Christian background so of course they were like you know you guys shouldn't be shacking up that's not okay I had basically like moved into their um condo downtown that his parents were paying for um just because I was like trying to kind of escape my home situation um and so you know they talked to us about that about shacking up and all of that and at first I couldn't I didn't understand because I had no, I had no foundation, you know, in the faith. So it didn't make sense to me. Um, so he, we, we kind of prayed through that and, um, we made a decision that we were, we were going to be abstinent and I was going to move home. And then we were going to try to do things, you know, like the right way. And right after that, I found out I was pregnant and that kind of, um, it just kind of sped things up in a sense. We were talking about like engagement or more so I was like, kind of trying to force it upon him mm-hmm. i was like okay so when is this gonna happen and you know um, <laughs> it's like a man he's like oh, it's gonna happen but i don't know when so um yeah i was i got pregnant with camden who is seven years old now and we got married shortly after i mean you can kind of tell the any more details around that mm-hmm. but what made you what made you decide to propose to me he proposed on christmas eve um 2012 Mm-hmm. That's around the time we first met. Oh, yeah, really? It is. Y'all been a month before that. 
Y'all met during the holiday season? No, we met during finals or right before finals. That's a stressful time to meet somebody. Yeah. I ended up passing my final needless to say Victoria didn't. So but that's a story for another day. No, I found it. I passed every final. (laughs) But I'm talking about the class we had in common. That's hilarious. Well, when Austin proposed to me, I had no idea that it was coming. Like I had no inclination that he was planning anything because honestly, you guys, Austin was at that time you were twenty. Were you twenty? No, you were 20 and, um, no, you were 21. I'm sorry. So he was 21 and he was still in, both of us were still in school. He was working at Best Buy Mobile at Cumberland Mall. And honestly, I just, I, I, I thought he was broke and couldn't really afford was broke. a ring. <laughs> so, <laughs> when he asked me, we went to um, Ray's on the river and he was like, let's go outside. He was like, let's go outside. Um, and, you know, let's take a walk after dinner. And I was like, no, it was raining. Like, I'm a black woman. I don't go outside in the rain. And so he was like, um, no, seriously. So we go out there and he proposes. Nobody was around. It was not like one of those proposals where, you know, everybody comes rushing from the, the background or whatever or had it on camera. But it was really, really sweet. And he asked me, he got down on one knee and asked me. And I was like, no. Like, I didn't mean no, but I just, I was so shocked. So I was like, no, like, how did you do this? I had all these questions. And he's literally like still on his knee waiting for me to tell waiting him the right answer. Waiting for the answer. right answer. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was our proposal. And then we had um, Camden like a month, no, two months later yeah. in March. March oh, 2013 yeah. is when I gave birth to him. So we just kind of been going strong since then. You um, did say yes after like oh, yes. after your I questions. Did. I said, I'm sorry. Yes. And then <laughs> like he could finally breathe. Like he was, he said he was really nervous. Super nervous. And I don't normally get nervous. Right. So yeah, yeah. it was, it was, it was cool. It was super cool. And I was thankful. I'm thankful for Camden. He, you know, sped up my he sure engagement. Did. He sure did. <laughs> um, <laughs> but our journey has really been one of like the type of people that we are, we kind of really go with the flow. Um, I mean, we plan for things, but I think one of our strengths is that we we just make things work, you know, like whatever is dealt um, to us, we, we make it work. So after having one kid, we didn't really plan for another one, but we also didn't plan not to have one. So every two years we have had a child. Um, so our children, we have four children. They are seven years old, five years old, three years old, and one year old. And we are done. It feels so good to just be done. Um, but in the but in the middle of having children, we were also birthing like our dreams and um and businesses. So I'll let Austin dive into that. Yeah, Austin. Um I saw, you know, that you've always wanted to be a millionaire before you were 30. And so I'm sure that played a little bit into your trampoline business that I'll let you talk about. But, you know, tell us a little bit about that experience and, you know, how it went and what you learned from it and where you're going and what you're going towards now. Uh, So trampoline park, we call it like the trampoline park saga, or at least I do in my head. And if you're an anime fan, <laughs> like, you, know, <laughs> you know, like the Dragon Ball Z and, you know, anyway. 
Um, so it's I break it down by like a saga. But um, man, so I've always had dreams of being like a millionaire. That was always my thing personally, to be a millionaire and to to be a successful entrepreneur. So mm-hmm. I had a few ventures prior to that, but nothing that was quite an undertaking as the trampoline part. So um, when we first started, we thought it was going to cost $350,000 to open. And so we went on a campaign to raise money and we got like our first batch of money, which was maybe like a hundred or $250,000. And it just went away so fast <laughs> and basically ended up turning into one point like $5 million that we ended up needing um, throughout the duration of the trampoline park. So um, that was never like my dream to open a trampoline park. But what I thought it was at the time was an avenue towards me building a future for our family and becoming the person that I always knew that I was supposed to become. Um, Had absolutely no passion about the industry. So we raise all this money. Um, I'm campaigning and having meetings and calling people and buying equipment from auctions and and neglecting my family because I'm me as in your business partner. When he says we, he means he. And oh, his business me, partner, my business partner. Me. Right. Yeah. Fantasia was kind of in the background because it was just a lot. And I've always tried to shield her from the just the everyday like ins and outs and, and ups and downs. Alex, as you know, uh, just the ups and downs associated <laughs> with, <laughs> with business. So, um, so yeah, we, my partner and I at the time, we were raising money and having meetings and calling people and spending a bunch of money and, and we were building stuff and ordering stuff. And basically from, it took about a year and a half, March, 2018, 17. That's when it opened. Yeah. March 2017, we finally opened the trampoline park and the first month we made like, I don't know, $85,000 in a month. And our expenses were like $50,000. So we made $30,000 of profit. Everything was going great. Me and Fantasia were looking at our dream homes and test driving Teslas and uh, all that stuff. And then the next month, that $85,000 revenue turned into like $65,000. And then it turned into $55,000 and $50,000 and then like $35,000. So uh, we went from like a $30,000 profit to a... $30,000 loss um, on a monthly basis. So we're burning through cash like crazy. And I've got investors blowing the phone up, got uh, bill collectors for the trampoline park, um, employees that weren't getting paid. That is the worst experience. That's the worst thing I ever had to do is stand in front of 45 people and say, I don't have your paycheck. <laughs> like, <laughs> that was so tough. Um, but yeah, we just, we just, it didn't work out. And, um, you know, after that, that just really kind of took a chip off of who I thought I was and like my identity as a person, as a man. And so I went in search to, to find that out and to rebuild myself back up. And that's when I kind of fell in love with the gym and the transformation that was a part of that process. And, um, kind of fell in love with who I was and ended up building a passion for, for health and wellness. And that's why we ended up starting um, Building Generational Health because Fantasia was always interested in um, healthy eating and finding creative ways to eat healthy. And then once I got the the fitness part down, it was like, it's a no brainer. Like we're both passionate about it and you know we see that there's a need in the community, so we might as well do it. 
And then that's how that was was born. Born of failure, massive failure. So what was the question earlier? Um, Alex, you wanted to know how he stayed married during that process? Oh. Yeah, so, so Fantasia, for you, I guess, or for both of you, like how you guys maintained your relationship, your your peace, and your marriage throughout that turmoil that resulted in the ending of that business. And then Fantasia, how did you um, support him during those up and downs? So, um, so it started, I think he started raising money really in like 2016. And throughout that time, you know, we, I'm pretty sure I was either pregnant or I don't know, or just had a baby or something. So you can imagine like the climate in your household. And he was an entrepreneur before that. Um, right. Or mm-hmm. no, no, no. You had, he had just gotten a job. He, so we've been, you know, kind of in and out of jobs, just, um, dibbling dabbling in entrepreneurship and so you know we um like i said before we kind of we we know how to go with the flow of things but that that venture was just it was a lot of pressure um it was a lot of pressure to perform like he said he when he was raising money and having meetings and traveling you know 200 plus miles there and then back sometimes in the same day you know it took away time from our family but i was from day one i've tried to be supportive of him and that same ambition that I was interested in, that I saw when we were dating is the same, you know, it's the same thing that he has now. And so I never wanted to put my fears or my concerns or whatever in front of who I believe that he could be. Um, but, you know, with that comes like real stuff, like we still need to provide for our family or um, we still need your presence and all that. So I think that we kind of just, Maybe like I I don't know I just waited I in the midst say, of it. She kind of like just took it one day at a time. I think she said what she said earlier was we kind of just take the cards that were dealt and do the best that we can with them. And I know that sounds cliche, but we literally like if if we have a situation where I'm not able to come home or like it just is what it is, then Fantasia would just I don't know. I, I from my perspective, I think you just kind of put your blinders on and did what was necessary yeah. at the time it needed to be done, whether it was yeah. praying over us, whether it was encouraging me, whether it was taking care of the kids more than she you know, should have been. Um, just the best way to summarize is she just rose to the occasion yeah. and so I just had, filled all the gaps that we had at the I time. I kind of had like, I don't know, I guess blind faith in a sense, but you know, my relationship with God really, really, really grew over that time. And I didn't know what was happening. I didn't know that I was going to need that strong relationship. I think that's when around that time, like a year before that is when we found our church home and I started, you know, just getting into the word. We would have family Bible studies with his family. And so I was just like, God prepared me in advance for that experience. So while we were like we moved our family to Statesboro, Georgia, um, which is, you know, 200 something miles away from our family, from our support system. Um, we had two kids, at, three kids at the time. And one of them was like a little baby. And while also, while we went down there, um, everything like blew up in our face. Like we weren't prepared for what was to come. We weren't prepared for the people looking for money, for contractors who didn't get paid, for, you know, um, just money dwindling, like on a daily basis. And so 
I I was scared at some points. You know, I was afraid for like his safety. I mean, people were popping up saying, well, you guys owe me such and such money. And, you know, I don't know if you, you guys know the demographic of Saysboro, but it's not, you know, a very diverse place. Um, and so during that time, I just remember waking up early in the morning, like having a thirst for God, like for intimacy with him, for prayer. And I would just pray of our family. Every chance I got, I prayed. Like before we got out of the car, I prayed. I don't even know who that person was. I mean, I still, you know, I'm still, I still have a close relationship with God now, but um, we have a joke within our family, like within his, uh, his parents and us, we call, they call me the prophetess because during that time, I literally felt so close to God that I knew what was going to happen. Like I told Austin, I said, he's like, well, babe, I don't even, we can't do this anymore. Let's just quit everything. He's like, we don't even need to drive down there. We don't have the money to pay the employees. What are we going to do? And I'm like, no, we're going to drop our kids off with our parents. We're going to get in the car. I'm going to drive. You're going to sit. We're going to listen to worship music. And we're going to go down there and ask um, the landlords of our building for money to pay the employees. And that's what we did. And I think he just, he kind of did it because it was like, okay, well, I have nothing else to lose. I have nothing to lose, right? So he did it. And um, that was like the start, or he was in the middle of like his depression. And so my faith kind of carried us um, during that time. And it was remarkable. Like the stuff that I said, what happened, it happened. Like the business wasn't successful overall, but in the midst of it, I think we really got to see God's faithfulness, like on another level. Um, so it was, that was pretty amazing. So although like we lost a ton of money, people close to us, you know, lost money. We all went through bankruptcy. Um, but in the midst of it, the beautiful part of, of it was that we got closer to God. And, um, and I think that was just, that within itself was just enough, you know, mm-hmm. um, I don't want to go That's... through that again, but, um, <laughs> Yeah. So, you know, obviously you want your businesses to thrive and to succeed and stuff. But I think that that venture really, it built some things for us, like with our, as far as our character is concerned, I think with Austin, it allowed him to see, you know, you can't just do things for money. Um, you can't get into ventures for money. Like there has to be a deeper purpose and a deeper reason. And so that's why like with Building Generational Health and our current company, it's everything just makes sense. You know, and um, and money, we know that we will be successful, but money is not at the forefront of our mind. Mm-hmm. It's not. We're not doing it to get rich. We're mm-hmm. doing it to make an impact. Mm-hmm. You know, so so yeah. And I'm, I will say there was some PTSD from it. I I, I mean, I was I was very uh, I don't know, just faithful during the process. But we came home. We moved home, and I would you know you kind of go through like, what did we just experience? What was that? And then we kind of had to start over. And rebuild. So that, yeah, so that kind of, I felt some type of way a little bit. I mean, we talked through that a little, kind of. She said, she she said, I needed to apologize to her. (laughs) I mean, you know, I don't know. I just, I felt some type of, I'm, it was a lot. So, but, but when we go, I was going to say, when we go through things like that, we kind of just, we try our best to talk about stuff. It's very hard, you know, in a marriage to, to just lay it all out there. Um, but when you're patient with the other person and you kind of, you know, I, I don't think he ever apologized actually. Cause I don't know if he felt like. <laughs> I didn't. Well, but that's, I mean, that's just stuff that, you know, you just kind of work through. If that makes sense. Yeah. You just want to say something? No, I was just, that's, that's beautiful. And, and, um, 
also very encouraging to hear. I'm just curious, how did you Fantasia as his helpmate, as his wife? Because um, I'm sure you probably felt the heaviness, the ups and downs of it all. And um, when he was in a slight depression, how did you allow yourself not to um, also be in a slight depression? Or also um, not allow that heaviness to take her take over you um I can't even like really give credit to myself for that I mean I I definitely you know I prayed I read the bible I filled myself up okay so this is a term that I kind of came up with during the process like I would text his mom you know we were texting on a daily basis I don't know if we said this before but his family they were investors in the business so like his mom his brother his dad I mean, it was it was really close, you know. So as we're losing money, they're like in Atlanta, you know, they're up here and they want to know what's going on. And I mean, they were stressed out and everything. So I felt I was kind of like the rock in a sense, um, but I can't take credit for it. Like it was literally God and the Holy Spirit, like in me. Um, so everything I said, it was you know, it was like God speaking through me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it sounds so it sounds surreal for some people if you've never gone through it, but I just, I just pray and I try to fill myself up so that God could pour out of me and, and whatever I needed to say to him, you know, was said. So I was giving more support than criticism. Like that wasn't the time to criticize. It wasn't a time to ask a bunch of questions about how did this happen? Why did it happen? You know, we kind of just had to ride out the process. Um, so I tried not to. So I think one piece of advice is to just not be critical. You know, um, I think a lot of people go wrong with that and you feel like your spouse, you know, just owes you an explanation for everything. And there comes, there's a time and a place for that, you know, but during it, it's probably not it. They need all the support that they can get. And it's not to say that you'd be unrealistic and just, you know, live in la la land, mm-hmm. but you just kind of, you, you figure out ways to, to make it through, you know, and, and for us, it was like, that business failed, you know? And I think once we came to each other and sit and look at each other, first of all, we prayed about it before we decided to move home. His parents uh, suggested that we go and we pray and we ask God what we should do. What should be our next step? And then that's when I left. I think I drove to the store or something and I text him. I prayed and I text him and he texted me back and he, we were both like, okay, it's time. And so um, that's when we were able to really come to a, a consensus about mm-hmm. coming home and just quitting everything. Yeah. I mean, I agree 100%. Obviously, Austin knows my story in detail. But, you know, going through what I've gone through with my company, I know for a fact that, you know, the relationship with God is 100% what keeps you from going insane. And it definitely is, you know, what gives Victoria the words to say to me, to give me peace, to give me, to restore my confidence, to keep me from going through a deep depression. Um, So, I mean, it's, it's helped us. I know that's relationships has been everything. I only want to say it's helped us because it's been the key to me not going crazy. Mm -hmm. Cause, cause Austin, like he said, like, you know, as you're the head of the person facing, all of that adversity and trying to shield your family or your wife in my case, or shield your team. Mm-hmm. Like it's just, 
is so much to carry. So yeah, you know, lot, so man. for any. No, it is. So, I mean, I know you be saying you be praying for me because it's so much, but I mean, <laughs> so, I mean. We appreciate the parents. We do. Yeah, for real. So, so, I mean, for any, you know, entrepreneur or prospective entrepreneur that's listening to this and interested in getting into, you know, full-time entrepreneurship or raising capital, dealing with hundreds of thousands or millions of dollars, you know, I know it's like a trend right now, but like what what they're saying is 100% true in that, like I said, you have to have a real why behind your starting that business. And it can't be money. It has to be about others and about, you really have to give it to Christ. And honestly, I feel like Austin, I mean, that's kind of why I feel like this first business is going to die, essentially. Obviously, we're going to restart, but that's beside the point. The point is, I, what God's taught me is that I think initially I wasn't doing it in with him and for him. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of selfish ego, things that just didn't align that were attached to it. So sure. similar you know to crazy, the... That's, I had that exact same thing. You know, all the things that... that it, it's funny because you probably still view yourself and God still created you to be exactly who you think you're going to be, to be a pioneer in the gaming industry, to be a successful entrepreneur, all these things, right? But he, I believe that, at least from my story, everybody's relationship with God is different. Um, and obviously God um, treats each of us differently according to where we are. Um, but I feel like all those things, the ego... The pride, the the you know whatever I thought of myself, it needed I, I needed to go through that so those things could then be purged so that I can give birth to the person that God created me to be. Otherwise, man, could you imagine, Alex? Like if if we were both successful on our first try, you know what I'm saying? On the first iteration, I don't know about you, but I I I think I would be I don't think I would be happy with the person that I became afterwards. If I didn't go through that humbling experience, no, I agree. I agree a hundred percent. I mean, we just watched Transformation Church the other day um, on Sunday, and they were kind of talking about this, like you know, when you have to go through these phases, kind of life where you you have a decision to make, and sometimes like where you get caught in the middle. And I think, you know, the reason why God had to strip all this from me is so I could see the wrongs of what I was, what I thought I wanted to be or what I needed to be. Because like you said, I, I'm scared of the person that I would have been if we would have got a hundred percent right the first time mm-hmm. and got funded and been successful. Mm-hmm. I would have been super mm-hmm. egotistical, mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> condescending and had my chest yeah. very <laughs> pumped out. It spills over to your marriage. So like, imagine, you know, maybe not to say that you would have gotten divorced or anything, but you just don't know. It's like, well, you know, I did this on my own or I was successful. You know, it just changes you. Mm -hmm. So um, failure and tough experiences, it really builds character and it humbles you. And it's honestly for us, I think you guys say it too, but it's, it's brought us closer together. Mm -hmm. I mean, Right. We're like a unit now. Not to say we weren't before, but like you said, this is something that 
we've truly gone through together. You know, like you guys are saying, like Victoria's helped me. She's taken out certain loans, made certain financial commitments per se to help further and push for, you know, my vision. And I think when your wife doubled mm-hmm. down or doubles down on your vision and wants to back you and support mm-hmm. you, not to say you didn't know she was the one before then, but at that point, you know, okay, she's all in. And so like from, you know, mm-hmm. that standpoint, like it's really truly brought us together. I mean, honestly, I know you asked Austin to apologize. I mean, there have been times where I like just broke down and apologize because I just feel like, like, I brought you yeah. into all this, like not knowing like all this yeah. negative stuff that would be attached to it or all the stuff we'd have to go through. Cause in my mind, when you have a vision and you're going to execute right. on it, you just see it as your, you see the end of it already when, before you start. And so you just like, okay, I just got to wow. do this, that, that, and that, and we're going to get here. And so when it don't work out like that, like, which is a lot of times success doesn't, it doesn't go in a straight line. It ever, it never does. So when that happened, obviously, mm-hmm. you know, there was a lot of regret and just apologies and just like, dang, cause you know, with the person you love the most, you don't want to hurt them. And so taking her through this process was like very hurtful mm-hmm. because it took away certain things that we thought were, or we know to be essential before we went through this process. You know, we couldn't and can't go on every vacation we want. Every time our friends want to go to Jamaica, Mexico, Las Vegas, or to go just hop up and do anything, we can't do it. Mm -hmm. And so, and that's because we've made these commitments and decisions to support my vision or me to support hers, but mostly in this case, support mine to like, hopefully, get enough money to have this life that then we could. But, you know, now because of those decisions, when you can't, now there's, there was a long time where, you know, it was just hovering over, hovering over my head because like Fantasia said, it's hard to communicate that. And so it was playing in my mind over and over again, like, dang, this is my fault. Dang, this is my fault. Like, she can't do this because of me. She can't do this because of me. But until, like, I verbalized yeah. that to her, that was when some of that weight finally lifted off of me. And so, like, I think, you know, for anybody listening, like, that's the main important right. part of this. Like, we pride ourselves on communication, but in that area, we failed just because I was trying to, honestly, take that to my grave, but it was killing mm-hmm. me. So, once I did, you know, we were able to really talk that out, have a discussion and her just to kind of reaffirm me and let me know, like, we're going to get through this. We're just going to have to figure it out, even if that is DoorDashing or Instacart or whatever it is to make up for the commitments that we made. But, you know, it's just, you know, her ability to kind of like be there and be understanding that, like you said, failure is a part of it, but that she's there to kind of grow with me through that through this process to ultimately hopefully one day become successful and learn from what we need to learn from, from this. Mm -hmm. Yep. Absolutely. Yep. And then, I mean, you know, don't be afraid to, to start over, start again. Like I said, we, Mm -hmm. we filed for bankruptcy and before, you know, you never want to do that. I mean, it's like, what that's in some, in some, I would say communities, or demographics, that's like the the worst thing ever, you know? But mm-hmm. when you really look at your options, sometimes it's the best that you, your best option. Yep. Um, and, and, you know, we've been able to kind of build, rebuild from there. So 
yeah, y'all really opened my mind up to that as an option. Um, yeah. Just hearing your story in um, Growth Track. That's when I first yeah. got opened up to Austin. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, you just, you want to explore your options. You know, you don't want to count things out and just see what's the best way that you can rehab. Obviously, you, you know, you take a big hit, but right. I mean, you know. So, I mean, that's yeah. not what we're considering at the moment, but obviously, like you said, in our community, in the black community, I feel like it's taught to us that that's like the worst thing ever. But in other communities, I feel like it's so it's the first thing they go to because, like you said, it's yeah. views as a positive option right. to hit it's reset. A tool. It's a tool, right? Man, it's the best thing ever. I mean, okay, maybe perfectly <laughs> <laughs> put yourself, and and then you know, with things going on nowadays, you just never know. I mean, the economy is just so crazy, you know. Yeah. So I would just, just you know. You just have to be prayerful about stuff and see where God leads you, honestly. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So, so yeah, we, um, we're we excited about the future and where God has taken us and the, the team that we're able to build. Um, and yeah, we're just, we're, we're super cool. I mean, super excited about it. And, and the best, one of the best parts I think is that our children are along for the journey and, you know, even with the trampoline park, I mean, Camden was jumping on trampolines all day long, but he still got to, that was fun for him, but he still got to see us working. You know, he, he got to see, I mean, he was out, he was actually outside of the door in some meetings that we had to, um, mm-hmm. you know, go to. And I mean, he remembers certain things. He remembers the employees. He remembers daddy being, you know, the boss, um, and I think that process is just really cool because it teaches him that like we can have conversations about it and it teaches him about failure. So now he's in school and one of their um, one of the projects that they're actually doing is about entrepreneurship. So um, it's just really cool for them to be able to experience and witness it all. And then even now we include them as much as we can in business stuff. And we record, you know, we recently recorded um, mm-hmm. PE, live PE classes for children during the quarantine. So we try to incorporate them Is it as a much goal for you guys to start a family business where your kids work and carry it on one day? For like included I mean that would be that would be dope. I don't think we've thought about it that far in advance of you know of a, we take things day by day. But um no, we would love for them to be included at some capacity, but for us it's really important for us to hone in on what they want to do. So it's not necessarily saying, well, you have to do, you know, you have to be a trainer or a fitness expert or care about nutrition when you get older. But it's like, what do you want to do at seven, five, you know, maybe three years old? What are you guys interested in? And how can we invest in that early? Gotcha. So that's that's, that's kind of where our focus is. Yeah, but family business, they're, they're super important because Austin's parents, um, his dad, his parents are entrepreneurs now. And um and they're very successful and it's, you know, they're, they're creating um, a legacy for for their children, you know, for us. And, and it's pretty cool. So we would love to do the same thing. That's awesome. I know you mentioned that you are already excited about um, the things that will come in the future. What do you guys um, have or what are some of your goals for the remainder of the year? You know, OK, so obviously we have we have specific goals. Um, but our, our, our heart, our mind is just set on just being a resource. So, uh, we really, really, really feel passionate about the health 
and um, the state of health in not just in our community or not just in the world, but especially in our community. Um, I mean, we just we have we have a lot of work to do. So through through training um, and through Fantasia Nutrition Consulting and um, we have nine um, principles for building generational health that we're rolling out um, an entire program that teaches other people how to build generational health. Um, we, we're going to be working with different providers to give people their um, biometrics, their blood pressure, glucose, and cholesterol, just some screenings. Um, and then we're also building an insurance agency under our brand to make sure that you know people have their insurance needs covered because it's very hard to be healthy when you can't see the doctors you need to see to you know get whatever tests run that you need. So. Um, at a micro level, we have very you know specific goals and you know things that we would like to do. But um, big picture, just macro, is we really want to we really want to instill the importance of building generational health um, in other people and especially in our community. Yep. Yeah. There's so much opportunity out there, um, and when I say opportunity, it's just really a nice word to say. So much work to be done. It's too much work to <laughs> it's, be done. Um, and you know, I think everything happening now with COVID-19 is really exposed the, I guess, the gaps in, in the, you know, the strength of our health in our community. Yeah. Um, I mean, we knew that these things were an issue. We know that obesity was a problem before. We knew that, you know, diabetes and heart disease and high blood pressure and all those things were issues. But now it things are just happening really rapidly, you know? And so we want to focus our efforts on, um, in healing people and really, you know, doing that, not in a traditional manner. And I say traditional as in like medicine, we want to do that through lifestyle changes. So, you know, people exercising and moving and changing the way that they eat. And we want, we want to highlight those stories of people who have done that successfully to give hope to other people out there. So we're actually going to, um, we're going to launch a podcast soon. I don't know what the exact name is going to be yet. <laughs> we don't know. But um, but it'll be launching soon. And we really just want to bring, um, we want to simplify everything about health. You know, we kind of, we listen to podcasts and they're very scientific and we can, you know, digest that information. But we know that the average person either doesn't really have the interest or they don't have the time to. So we want to take those concepts and break it down. We want to, you know, tell people how to reverse their type 2 diabetes, which is definitely possible. And then we want to share stories from people who have done that already. Yep. That's dope. Yeah, that really is. And it's so needed, especially in our demographic. So yeah. I'm so excited to see what you, you all are going to do um, with that and bringing that forth. That's awesome. Thank you. Yeah. We're excited too. Thank you. We appreciate it. Yes. So, I mean, obviously you guys are very passionate about business. So how do you guys handle, you know, work-life balance, having, you know, your four children and your businesses, and obviously you're married. So how do you guys handle your work-life balance with, you know, being intimate and intentional with each other, with obviously your children and your business? It's really hard, man. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't mean, <laughs> it's really tough. And, you know, there, there actually is no balance. Um, there's 
there's different things that have different levels of priorities at different times. So sometimes, man, like, you know, a lot of time will go by and me and Fantasia will kind of look at each other and be like, hey, we're we're kind of messed up right now. Let's let's be a little bit more intentional and let's pour into this bucket, which is our marriage. Um, other times we may feel like we're not being as intentional with our kids. So we'll have to take some some time out of one bucket and pour it into the other. Um, lately, we've been really focused on building. So we went and put one of our kids in school and looking for daycare. So we're going to take time out of the quality time with our kids bucket and pour it into the entrepreneurship bucket. But having an equal amount of, I guess, intentionality in every area of our lives is, is a setup for failure uh, for us. Because I don't think there's any, there's not a really good way to be 100% at everything, you know? Yeah. And it fluctuates with time. So, um, you know, and then also you kind of have to look at what's most important, you know? Our whole household crumbles if me and Fantasia aren't on the same page. So that's very important. Um, us being on the same page is also directly related to uh, where we are in our relationship with God, whether we feel um, hopeful, whether we feel uh, filled up, as Fantasia would say. So we got to make sure that stuff is in order. And then things kind of just, these kind of just flow from there. And we just kind of take them one day at a time. Yeah. I mean, we're pretty um, we're flexible. Pretty flexible. And easy to please, please <laughs> finish the muscle. We're pretty flexible, <laughs> easy to please, you know, kind of go with the flow a little bit. Um, so that definitely helps out. Just our, per- our personalities are like that. So, and I think we we made a decision a long time ago, which I'm sure we have, you know, slipped up with this a, a lot, but um, we made a decision that if we were trying to satisfy the other person, kind of take ourselves out, our needs out of the picture in a sense. And if I was basically, if I was doing what Austin doing things for him, right. And then he was going out of his way to do things for me, then we would both be satisfied. Now I'm not going to say that we got that perfect all the time. We definitely same energy for the rest of the night, bro. <laughs> keep that same energy. Oh, right hush. There. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so that's, that was one of the principles that we kind of tried to follow early on. Now we, we definitely slipped up on that, but it's something that we kind of go back to. Um, so we just, in our household, we try to allow peace and love and kindness to, you know, to reign supreme. Um, and yeah, we just, we we're, we try to keep it lighthearted. We like to laugh and it can be about anything, you know? Um, so like Austin was saying, how we don't necessarily have that balance where we can tell you, you know, well, on these days we do this exact same thing and you know, we go on date nights every Friday and we don't do those things, but we, we spend a lot of time together mm-hmm. anyway, mm-hmm. you know, with, <laughs> with raising our children, um, because one of them is in school and, but we homeschool the rest. And I mean, right now with COVID-19 and stuff, we're homeschooling all of it for the most part. But, um, you know, we, we just do everything. We do a lot of stuff together. We just talk during the day, you know, um, we, we work out together sometimes, not really too much, but we just try to incorporate each other in a lot of stuff. And we're fortunate to, you know, to be able to have that type of lifestyle where mm-hmm. we can do it. Um, so that really helps. And Austin has to remind me sometimes, you know, because I'll get in the flow where I'm like, all right, I just want to work, 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 work. You know, that's what I want to do right now. 
But then he's kind of like, hey, I'm here still. And it's very helpful to have those reminders. He's shaking his head, (laughs) (laughs) y'all. So, I mean, your your children are obviously a huge part of your lives. I mean, Fantasia, mostly on your page, but I know you love documenting your kids, and I love watching, honestly. (laughs) Um, I have my favorites, but I won't share. But do you guys have favorites? Um, I have. You don't have to say. I I can't. It's okay. I mean, they're they're sleeping. They're sleeping, and then you know, by the time they hear this, when they're older, it'll probably be different. It'll the favorites will be changed probably. So, um, Austin said he does, but I don't. Honestly, I don't. I don't really. I honest, I don't have a favorite anything. I don't have a favorite color. I don't have a favorite song. I don't have a favorite food. Really? Like, no, I don't. I mean, I, I have things that I like a lot. But then sometimes that changes. So it's the same with my children. You know, I spend so, so, so much time with them. Um, I mean, one, I could, you know, really be happy with one in the morning. And then by the night, I'm, I'm tired. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's really cool to see. I feel like in a family, the baby is always like the center of attention. Yeah. And that's what it is for me. Like, so I don't know if I would call him. I don't know if I'll call Carter my favorite, but I definitely love to see him grow, mm-hmm. you know, and develop. He's walking now. He just started walking and he's talking, you know, he's mocking you. Um, Austin called him a punk the other day and he kind of said it back. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's, that's fun to me. But yeah, Austin has his favorite. I'll let him tell you. Well, my favorite is my, my, my second child. Um, but, you know, cadence for now it changes and i don't when i say like i have a favorite child that doesn't mean that i love one more than the others or that i give them preferential treatment it just means that they're the easiest child for me to parent at the time so whoever gives me the least resistance who's the most pleasant to deal with is my favorite child and that doesn't mean that i love them any more than the next child like i love all my kids whether they're pleasant or you know being annoying um the love is the same but as far as favorites are concerned whoever whoever treats me the best (laughs) whoever's whoever gives me the easiest time makes it easiest to be a parent that's my favorite so what so So, what advice would you oh no i'm sorry go ahead i was about to say who are your favorites (laughs) (laughs) oh um Thug baby is my favorite favorite. i love caitlin (laughs) is caitlin right Oh, you're probably talking about Carter. Oh, wait, you said baby or girl? Which one? Baby girl? girl. Caitlin. Oh, Caitlin. She's everybody's favorite. Yeah. Until you you babysit her and she turned up on you and then you're like, (laughs) (laughs) I love her sassy personality. Yeah, she's she's definitely sassy, but it's so cool to see them just. It's like, where did y'all get this stuff? You know? I mean, I know it's a mixture of YouTube. It's a mixture of what they hear from us. But it's really cool to see their individual personalities. You know, like, that's that's the most amazing thing about right. it. For sure. So so what advice would you guys, you know, give young couples, you know, that are looking to have kids, maybe say four kids um, in their do early it. 20s? <laughs> Don't do it. The, the first part is... Don't have four kids. No, just kidding. Um, you know, obviously, I think you could tell throughout the interview that the um interview is that keep God first. You know, 
He's going to like sustain you because it's going to get hard. It's going to get real. You know, pregnancy is different for everybody. I've had really good pregnancies. We know people who haven't, um, you know, having the baby and raising them and just all that. It's a lot. So you want to keep God at the foundation and then have a, have a baby with somebody that you want to be with, like that you enjoy being around, you know? And I know sometimes that's not necessarily the case or things don't happen that way, but if you can help it, you know, that's really important Mm -hmm. to have somebody that you want to go through life with and raise your children with and that you can trust. And, you know, I think that's a really big part of it. I can imagine doing any of this with anybody else. I know it sounds so sappy, but I couldn't imagine. You better not be able to imagine that. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) But that's my advice. Um, That, and then, I mean, if you want to talk about having kids and then like starting a business, that's something different. Um, Just really, you know, kind of figure out what you're passionate about and what you're called to do, I guess. Um, Because that'll carry you far. You have advice, Austin? Um, <laughs> uh, I don't know. My advice is to just whatever expectations you have to remove them. Hmm. You know, I think that I don't know. Parenting, everybody looks forward to some things in parenting, and it's you know, no matter how much you read, no matter how much you watch, no matter what advice you get, everyone's experience as a parent is different. You know, your children are different. The birth experience, uh, the birth experience is different. The you know, who you have babies with is, you know, everybody goes through something different. And if we if we remove the expectations that we have for being parents, um, then you'll be more open minded and accepting of whatever cards that are dealt your way. Yeah. Um, because, you know, it's, it's just really tough, man. And everybody goes through something different. And, um, you know, just lots yeah. of grace, lots of uh, patience and lots of not holding yourself or the parenting experience in general to any expectations because every day is different. Yeah. You definitely don't want to compare your, you know, you don't want to build your life off of Instagram and what you see. And it's like, oh, I want, you know, four kids and this and that because it just sets you up for failure. That's why we you know? share that they get on our nerves. Because <laughs> it's real. <laughs> if we only shared that they were pleasant and then people have a false expectation, they're going right. to be like, oh, we want our kids to be like, they're going to be praying for kids like ours. And yeah. then when they actually get kids <laughs> like ours, it's going to be, they're going to be like, oh. Yeah. Right. So we try to, we try to keep it real as much as possible and just share the whole story. Because it's definitely right. multiple sides, you know. Multiple so. sides. So is that why you focus on documenting and sharing that on like your stories so much, just so you can show the whole, the um, whole thing of it, or is that? Yeah, I mean, I guess I wish it was that thought out. No, I just, I just enjoy doing it. <laughs> I enjoy, I enjoy, um, I just, I enjoy documenting. I enjoy taking pictures and you know recording mm. videos. Um, and then I enjoy the communication that I get to have with other people, you know, other moms mostly about, you know, the journey and they're able, they all, you know, people always, uh, message me and they say, oh, you're so real. I love it. Or, you know, yeah, my children, they were tripping, you know, earlier too, or, you know, just all of those things. It's like, you can bond with other people and it gives hope in a sense. Yeah. I mean, I could definitely see the Fresh Mom brand really building, as time continues to go on, like you said, with how real you both are and yeah. the Appreciate intimate that. like 
behind the scenes we get like you get all right. the, the cute and cuddly pictures on your main page but to get to see like the behind the scenes on the stories right like, i think it's gonna draw people in and yeah. as you guys launch the podcast well, you know people tell us else. all the time that we should have a show you, you of, should yes of some sort <laughs> you should and, i mean you know it's hard man it's hard if we could direct it if we could tell the whole truth that would be awesome but then also we don't have time, you know, to edit. You know anything. how long it takes to edit, Alex. I bet, I, <laughs> I bet do. the video that you guys make, you know, they're probably like on average, what, two and a half, three minutes long, maybe a little bit longer. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's like it looks like it looks great. The production is great. The transitions spectacular, by the way. And it's like, okay, I know it looks like three minutes worth of work, but that junk takes time, bro. You got the, you got the slow motion, and then you got the. It takes yeah. a lot of time. That's we, not our strength. We ain't got no time for that. Man. But never say never. You know, we'll see how what comes our way or whatever. Um, the kids are interested. They, I mean, they love YouTube. But even that, you know, we're like the. We don't have time as parents to be editing y'all's videos if they want to. Y'all just gotta. Off. Y'all just gotta launch the businesses be successful yeah. and have enough money to where y'all can pay an editor and you just shoot yeah. and then yeah. bang uh, yeah or have um camden and I, I noticed oh, yeah. what was it a week ago when he was trying to build a website yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, he's passionate can... about like a lot of this tech stuff i know at church he was working at camera and all yeah. That. yeah he can be you guys feature editor <laughs> that would be amazing. Now that's how you know you talk about family business. It will that's that's that that's an option for sure. Yeah, he's he's it's yeah, he's definitely that guy. So yeah. That's cool. <laughs> so interesting question. So I'm interested to hear like what are some things that you chose to take into parenting that I guess you were taught or that you learned through your childhood? And what are some things that you chose not to take into parenting that you learned, like as you, as you were growing up? That's a really that's a cool question. Hmm. I like it. Um, well, I'll go first. Something that I took into it, I would say, is like being patient. Um, I mean, I feel like I'm just I'm naturally that way. Like God has really gifted me with patience, but. Um, being patient and what is it? My mom is really I'm giving you room. Oh yeah, independence. Mm-hmm. I guess I had a lot of independence growing up, um, and so that was cool. So we try to allow our children to kind of have the same type level of independence as much as possible. I mean, it's hard sometimes because you just want to do stuff for them. You want to tell them no, do it because I said do it. You know, um, but my mom was really open with me. She allowed me to kind of develop. Now, I mean, if you take that to, you know, you take that to the extreme and it can backfire on you as a parent because you don't want your children, you know, telling you what to do. But I think my mom was, was a cool um, role model in that sense. And she was just, she was just patient and kind. Um, one thing that I didn't want to take into parenthood. Oh, what, what do you think? Um... No, I feel like I did it, even though I didn't want to do it. Like I'm not a very organized person, and so uh, I just kind of collect stuff. Um, and I and I want my children, even to this day, I'm like, oh, looking around the house, like I really want them to grow up with a love, like just 
to be neat, you know, and that's not something, that's not my strength. Um, so my mom is not like that either. We both share that. So I just, I feel like there's still time. That's another person that I would hire as we build our team is to someone, is someone who can really just help us organize. One of my children, Cadence is, she's organized. That's just who she is. Mm -hmm. So I think that we could probably use her a lot more around here to help mommy out because it's, it's hard. (laughs) <laughs> what about you, Austin? Um, something that I took into parenting was not being conscious about not letting my kids get over on me. Uh, and it's just so unconscious. Like, I just, I can't let them have one up. Not in a toxic way, but it's just like, if I know that one of my kids is off somewhere thinking that they're getting away with sneaking something out of my room or washing their tablets, like, I don't let them get away with it. Um, something that my dad used to say to me all the time was, you don't wake up early enough in the morning to get over on me. And um, <laughs> I kind of, I, I take that to heart now. So, you know, whenever my kids are, you know, in the bathroom, like, dad, I, I have to use the bathroom. I got to go pee. But really, I know you're thirsty and it's bedtime and you're not supposed to be drinking water. As soon as I hear the water faucet turn on, I run in the bathroom and I bust open the door and they're like leaned over in the sink with water all over their face. And I'm like, go get in the bed. <laughs> <laughs> so like, it's it's funny to me. Like, it makes me laugh. Um, but, you know, it's like, I just don't want my kids to think that they're like, you know, more sneaky than I am or just, you know, I don't want them to get over on me. That's something that my parents did with me. So I do it with my kids. And um, as far as something I didn't want to take into my child, into parenting, I, you know, I know everybody says they have like the best parents in the world, but I really feel like I had the best parents, um, growing up. And there's not, there's nothing that I went through as a child that I purposely, that I'm purposely avoiding, um, as far as like raising my kids. Um, I, I can't, I can't say there's one thing that, that, um, trying not to do that my parents did do yeah and and having kids it really humbles you because you can start by saying well I don't want to do this and I don't want to do that but then when you become parents it's like well okay I can see you know maybe why my my mom or dad did this or even if they didn't make the best decisions you still have grace for them you know because you know that you know that it's hard it's not the easiest thing so I think that's that's really helped me because I I Mm. I I could say, I would say in the beginning of my parenting experience, it's like I had a long list of things that I didn't want to bring into parenthood, you know, but now I I can't even really let that come out of my mouth because God checked me on that. So, Mm -hmm. What are some of the biggest lessons you guys have learned so far as parents about yourself? Because I'm sure your children can be kind of a mirror for you. Yeah, for Mm -hmm. sure. That and marriage. Um, Mm lessons um well you can use marriage that's fine too okay well i would say that i'm not well as far as marriage is concerned i'm not the the most um open communicator like i thought i was good with communication and i'm pretty i can be pretty blunt um as a person but you know, I avoid tough subjects. You know, I don't. It's it's one of those things where you don't want to hurt. You know, you don't want to hurt the other person's feelings or you don't want to be vulnerable. That's one thing. It's like you don't want to be vulnerable. So you don't really want to tell. It's like, am I tripping about this? 
So you kind of talk yourself out of talking about it, but it really needs to be talked about. Mm-hmm. So that's, and then I get flustered. Like Austin will just bring up something casually, you know, and I'm like, oh, really right now? Like, do we have to talk about this? Um, and so it just forces me to come out of my little comfort zone in a sense. Mm. Austin, what about you? Um, I think my kids, my kids have shown me so much about um, myself. I think the number one thing is that the number one thing that my kids have, that our kids have taught me about myself is my like level of patience, not just like with people, but just like with myself in general. Um, we're, we're actually, even though we're older, you know, like adults and we've gone through life, we're a lot like kids, you know, where we think that at every stage of our life, we have everything figured out. You know, at 18, you think you have all the answers at 19. And then by 25, you're like, I really got all the answers now. And now I'm I'm 28 and I'm like, okay, like (laughs) every year I thought I was going to have the answers, but I really don't. Um, so while I have grace with my kids for not knowing better and making mistakes and, um, you know, just, just not having all the answers and still growing, it allows me to have grace with myself and with my wife, like, especially with my wife, like you're, you're, you're a kid too, you know, like, I mean, not for I'm a f- not a kid. What? Wait, what? you're a child as well in the sense that you're still growing and you know i i can't i can't treat you like an unrefined version of who you're becoming you know what i'm saying like Mm -hmm. you might you might still be buffering but that doesn't decrease your value Y'all, Austin got metaphors for a day. Like, <laughs> I'm for real. You might, you're still buffering. You know what I'm saying? And I can't, you know, you got to be patient. It's like you click that YouTube video when it's buffering. The video is good. But if you can't get past the buffer, you're not going to experience the lesson at the end. You know what I'm saying? So, um, you know, like my kids are still buffering. I'm still buffering. Fantasia's buffering. We're all going to be buffering for a very long time. And I think that it's important for us to to recognize that we're all still growing and to have grace with ourselves and with each other as we make mistakes, as we as we say things that we learn were hurtful, you know, months or years later, um, while while we change our perspective on life and undo some of the 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 past, you know, schools of thought that we created for ourselves. Um just being flexible with each other and allowing each other to grow is the biggest thing that my kids have have taught me. It's how to treat myself and how to treat other people. That's deep, huh? Oh, that so is deep. Deep. <laughs> deep, deep. <laughs> so y'all can learn that lesson too with each other. What do you mean? Like, you know, if especially with like the entrepreneurship stuff, you know. Um, it's so awesome for you, Victoria, because you get to be a part of like Alex's, you, you got to be a part of the buffering, you know? Yeah. Um, and it's, it's just so dope to, to support him through that process because you have so much more appreciation when the buffering is, is done in a sense, you know? Um, yeah. It's like, man, like I, I always believed in you and I always knew what you were capable of. 
And, you know, no matter how long it takes, well, it ain't going to take that long, but <laughs> no matter how long it takes, um, <laughs> I I can say that I was there and, and I waited and I was supportive and patient and graceful with you as you were growing through that. And, and it helps the growth process tremendously. Like just having Fantasia to be a positive voice in my ear has, um, you know, it being with the right person can help you change the way you look at yourself. And yeah. she really helped me to view like, you know, myself and that I'm still valuable and that I mean something um, the same way that I'm sure you do for Alex. So, you know, just because he's still buffering doesn't mean that he ain't no 4K video. You know what I'm saying? Oh, exactly. <laughs> uh, I'm done with the <laughs> and I wouldn't have it any other way. That's right. I know you would. Like, like Cornelius said, you're going to see what, what this birth of this baby's coming soon. <laughs> right, man. Like, be patient through the pregnancy. Absolutely. And that's the thing. We're all pregnant in a sense. Right yeah. there. Not a, I'm not pregnant. Not us. Fantasia <laughs> <laughs> said she's done. Not right <laughs> I was going to ask. Well, I guess this is a question. I got two more questions then. So first question. Austin, well, Fantasia, for a lot of men out there and women that are going to ask this question, because I see when you guys do your live, a lot of women ask you this question. So uh-huh. how did you talk Austin into getting a vasectomy? Because I'm not doing it. Oh, yes, you are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody, <laughs> the recovery man, I, is so much I got homies. I got homies that be like, I ain't never getting a vasectomy. Austin, you a woman now. <laughs> and, then, <laughs> and then they have three kids, four kids, and you know, they ha- headed to the doctor too. <laughs> yeah. So I didn't, oh. honestly, I was like, are you sure? Not because I wanted to have more children, but just like, all right, you do need to explore other options. And he was like, no, nah, like, let me go now. You know, so That's that was on him. I, I, Honestly, I didn't have anything to do with that. I yeah. just birthed the four babies, and it was enough to change his to you know make up his mind. <laughs> I don't think it's I don't think it's possible to 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 change a man's mind that's made up on not mutilating himself. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, Mutilate, oh n- neutering himself. But no, it helps. <laughs> I think it helps when you um you have other people's experiences to like you know they, I mean you had a friend who had a good um who had a, a fairly decent experience. So did that help you at all? Who? Well, you don't have to say his name, but what's his name start with? A T. Oh. I mean, his experience was, it wasn't that bad, you know? No, nah, he said it don't hurt. Oh, gosh. Okay. Listen, I don't know. I mean, yeah, you scared me. Right? I, I was going to say, I was yeah. gonna say, Austin, you are a good example for me. So now you, now you swing me the other direction. I'm a good example. It didn't hurt at all until I did the wrong thing. It didn't take recovery seriously. So that's, that's my fault. But, I don't you know, no, I don't care what anybody else's experiences. You had to be ready for you. And four kids was enough for me. And I was like, <laughs> I'm going because I'm not about this. Um, you know, I'm not about this, this strap up life. You know, I'm not about this pull out. Uh, I just, you know. Yeah, we're not disciplined enough for all that stuff. So Who's going to have another to, baby if I didn't do it? We had to take it to the extreme. So. I gotcha. So you got you, you have some years to get mentally prepared. We haven't even started having yeah. kids yet. Yeah, y'all That's still time. y'all still get to to go to sleep and and wake up, you know, 
without anybody coming to your room and crying and <laughs> y'all are good, man. Cherish these moments, man. Nah, for real, cherish, <laughs> cherish it, cherish it now. Yeah, it's real. It's real in these streets. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, last question. So, what would you both say the foundation for your marriage is? Well, obviously, you're gonna say God, right? Let's just let's just say you know on top of that, you know. Okay. Saying. What about you, Fantasia? The foundation, I would say. A long time ago, I would probably before I would say like honesty, but okay. no, but that's not it though, because. Austin's a very creative uh, storyteller. So. <laughs> <laughs> I like how you read it back. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I've learned, honestly, I've learned not to sweat a small stuff. I've, I just good. learned that. I'm so though. glad you just it learned it recently. Like, yeah. I, think, I think you just like learned. last week. <laughs> <laughs> just about. Um, but no, I think for us, it well, okay, for me, it's like um, to be kind. I, I just think that goes a long way. And I think I sometimes I feel like I, I might take that for granted um, that everybody's not kind to their spouse. You take for granted how kind I am? I'm so kind. Here we go. I know. See, this, this <laughs> interview makes you like say things that you wouldn't normally say out loud because somebody might take it to the head. But I am so kind. Yeah. Austin's a really, really nice person. And I'm, and I'm very thankful. And, and that, I feel like, you know, is a foundation for being patient and being loving and all, all those other things, you know, just to be a kind person. Yeah. I would say something completely different than you. Oh, then. Only because, well, yeah, I, I think, you know, I think the foundation for our marriage is uh, our, like our sense of purpose, you know, um, knowing that God put us on earth to accomplish something together and to accomplish something bigger than us has always been like, you know, I don't know. I, I think that you personally, you're you're happier when we're doing something like together and we're doing something bigger than ourselves, you know? Yeah, I'm glad you realized that. Yes, it took me, it took me a long time. It <laughs> took me forever. I learned <laughs> last week. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's our, the foundation for our marriage is the, is the collective pursuit of, what we believe God purposed us to do with one another. As long as we're on the same page with that and we're moving forward, then we're we're good. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. I know for us, I would say God's number one, but I think throughout these years as we that got married. That's the foundation of everything. Yeah. Well I thought we were saying beside that, babe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway. Um <laughs> I would say um, communication is our foundation. It's really been that way since we first met. Uh, when we met in college, you know, that was something, because when we first met, you know, we didn't really see this life for ourselves um, or being with each other from that standpoint. So our first night meeting, we just kind of had a blunt and honest conversation with each other about what we wanted out of our next partner. And mm. both of us really told each other that we wanted somebody that can truly communicate that it wasn't about the bull that was going to tell the truth. Um, that when you were mad or you're frustrated, you were just going to tell me what was up and keep it 100, you know, let it go and, you know, mm. keep it a book. And so, yeah. 
we've kind of carried that, you know, into our marriage. You know, we don't, we really don't go to sleep mad. Um, and we really communicate about almost everything. That's why I said earlier when I wasn't communicating about that, it was really kind of crazy because I tell her everything. So, yeah. but I think in that instance, I was just trying to protect her, shield her from that. Don't know yeah, why, absolutely. but you know, that's that's really what I would say. Our foundation is. Do you agree? okay? You agree? Cool. I agree. Um, but for me, going in like when we first met, and even the first couple of years of us dating, it was a learning process for me on mm. how to truly communicate because I grew up in a family who really wasn't the best communicators. Mm. So that was something new for me. Um, and something that you actually taught me how to actually effective communicate. Mm. And it's uh, with that as far as just not only being effective communicators, but also being great listeners and mm. truly listening to understand each other. Well, that's something I would say you taught me because I used to like to communicate. Like Austin knows, like, you know, I, I like to talk. So <laughs> listening is kind of the, it's the harder part for me because like, I like to get my point across. I don't really like when you're talking, like it's cool, but it's like, when is my turn again? So that's <laughs> like, that's like normally how I used to thought, think, but you know, you taught me differently to like really listen and the importance and the importance of listening and really effective and intentional listening because like with Victoria, like she'll, she'll ask me questions when she get done talking, make sure I was listening. Um, <laughs> but, but yeah, so that's definitely um, the foundation for us. So we wanted to end off tonight with you guys with this new game. We want to start to call it the keeping that same energy accountability game. You're the first couple we're doing this on. So <laughs> let's see how this goes. I'm nervous. So, to play the game, essentially, each person is going to say um, something that your partner has been keeping that same energy with you with that you've noticed. And secondly, something that they can or will or that you think they should keep that same energy with in the future. And that way, we can all four hear it and we can hold each other accountable to be better husbands and partners. And it's on wax, so. And it's on wax, so. Whatever they say, pull it up. All two people, I mean, 200 people are going to hear this, so you got to be real. (laughs) So, just to be clear, okay, so we're saying what we're already keeping that same energy with, Mm -hmm. both of us. Right. Right. So, for example, so if I go, I would tell Victoria, like, I'm currently keeping that same energy with you in the realm of communication mm-hmm. and something that I feel like I can do better as far as being consistent and keeping that same energy with you with is being intentional, being intimate and having better work-life balance, stepping away from video games, distractions, work meetings, mm-hmm. and giving you more time. Right. See? Okay. Cool. Well, Fantasia, you should go I first. Why? Because you, you always go second, and then you like, you know, is it you like one up me? You like I say can't something one up deeper. you with my answer. My then, answer is my answer. <laughs> no, man, you don't change it. 
I'll go first. I'll go first. No, no, no. I'll go first. So. <laughs> you can keep. Whoa, I like whoa, this. Whoa, whoa. Gonna... This is about you. No, this is about you. No, you say what well, you can keep the same energy. No, 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 Austin. She's saying what you should do and so vice versa. Oh, you so she gonna so she gonna tell me what what I'm already keeping that same energy with what you're doing and that I want you to continue to do. Oh yeah, do that first. Correct. Because you should about right. to tell me what I need to do better. No, first. I wasn't. You gotta build me up before you break me down. I, I've learned that. All right. Okay. <laughs> so you can. I'm gonna repeat this later on too. I like this phrase. So you can keep that same energy with being helpful with your kids. With doing things around the house, you know, like tonight it was awesome. We, um, you know, you you helped, you fed them, you got them in bed, you let me do my hair by myself. I appreciate that. But so. here we go, here we go. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, uh, let's see, what is something? Oh, okay. So recently we instituted a like a, um, what is it? Not a curfew. But we each give ourselves, like, we try to give ourselves four hours a day in, during the quarantine situation to just have time to ourselves, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that you can do a better job um, with coming back on time. I'll be trying, bro. Because your gym, your your workouts take like four hours. No, man. And I don't understand. <laughs> I'll be working and working out at the same time. Oh. Phone calls and barbells all at the same time. Gotcha. But I feel you. Okay. I'll keep that. I, I, I can improve my energy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is like therapy. This ain't therapy. Contagia signed us up for therapy one time in college. And she was like, we need to go to therapy. We just need to go. We weren't even married. We, weren't we married. need to go to therapy. <laughs> we get to therapy and the therapist is like, so what's up? And Patricia's like, nothing. We just <laughs> we just wanted to make sure. <laughs> so we're all looking at each other like, well. <laughs> it was included in our like student fees. So oh I just felt gosh. like we should. We sat the there. We walked out. Of there. I was like, I'm never coming back to therapy. With I you messed again. it up. I'm never doing yeah. therapy again. Anyway. Um, <laughs> anyway, so I think we can give it one more try. One more try just in case in the future, you know. Therapy is good. Nah, never say never. No, no, no. That that one therapy session set us up for a lifetime of success. We're good. Trust <laughs> me. <laughs> that was good therapy. Um, so what what would I say is what you can do what, I already know. What? Nothing. No, you don't know. Okay. Anyway, um you can keep that same energy with um, just being, you know, mindful about um, keep keeping our marriage fresh, you know? Mm-hmm. You've been doing a good job. Um, so for those who are out there listening, of all the love languages, my number one is physical touch. So you could tell me that you love me. You could cook for me, wash dishes, all that other stuff. It doesn't matter to me, okay? I just want, you know, hugs the affection like that's how i receive love so um you know that's what's most important to me and so i think that you can keep that same energy and then with some energy that you can bring to the table um man um that's hard, man. Honestly, y'all gonna think I'm sappy, but so I don't. Nice. No, honestly, I don't. Because he doesn't that... have any expectations. 
Well, that too. <laughs> My expectations. <laughs> low. Uh, aside but from intimacy. Aside from, from yes, that's that's really all I care about. Honestly, I just I can make it through life. I can get through anything. I can care about your um maybe your your fitness goals, your nutrition goals. We kind of go up and down with that. You trying to gain weight? That's not on you. Though. I can that's help me. you. That's I cook me. for you though. Yeah, but. That's not on you. That's on me. Okay. Well, never mind. Because no. I'm perfect. Yeah, I don't. I, I'm sorry. I can't. <laughs> I can't publicly declare any extra energy that my wife can bring to the table. Right, however, y'all, y'all heard that. So how, when he brings something up, I'm however, like, y'all. How long? How Play long? Recording deck fantasia. This recording <laughs> should be in post production for what? Maybe like a week? Maybe. No. How's this fast? No, nah, it'll be dropped tomorrow. In two days. In two days? All right. So I got 48 hours for Fantasia to get on my nerves. Alex, I'm going to text you. I'm going to be like, yo, this is the energy that Fantasia needs to bring to the table. I need you to go and voice that in and fix it. Like, afterwards. Okay? <laughs> I know Austin said that she didn't bring no energy to the table, but in the past 48 hours, she had to change her heart. And these are all the list of things that Fantasia needs to do better. <laughs> just be, just be ready work. for that. I could do that if if it's not already done, but... That'll be funny. Appreciate it. Whatever. I'm just going to up my level of physical touch and intimacy. That ain't going to count. <laughs> <laughs> Victoria? Oh, that's so funny. Speaking, Actually, speaking of that. that. You can do that. But no, but that's the best time to like, not, okay, not to be graphic, but that's the best time to like, if you want something, it's advice wow. for women. Not, I'm not talking about in the act of anything. I'm just saying like around, you know, that time or thereafter, you got like a good day or two. To ask for what you want. <laughs> is this based on scientific facts? Or are you modify are you monitoring my behavior? I'm just saying. Wow. <laughs> woman code. There ain't no woman code. Every man is different. Some men don't care nothing about that. They want you to, you know, shoot. I don't know. Feed them. Feed them. I don't care what that. I'll start. Just got uh, you know, do that thing. <laughs> <laughs> you can edit that part out. <laughs> Anyway, this is fun, y'all. Thank you. We appreciate it. No, thank y'all. Thank y'all so much. You're welcome. You're welcome. Next, we're gonna do a video. Next time we're gonna we're gonna do this again. We're gonna do a part two. Um, we're gonna we're gonna do like a video recording, and we're gonna make it dope. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we we definitely would love to do an in person video. You know, obviously with COVID nineteen, that kind of messed that up. But I'm just glad, you know. Even through this time that we're being proactive and getting it done, I know we've been talking about doing this for a while. Yeah, so. I'm super yes, proud of you guys. Yeah, I for mean, sure, Alex. You know we had that conversation several times, but um, you know, um, this is awesome. Anybody that that's that's pushing anything out right now in the middle of everything going on has my has my utmost respect and support. Like it's just you know salute for taking advantage of the time and and pushing forward. Right. Um, and, and putting out some quality content that I think is, you know, even though there is an abundance of content on the internet, there is a very unique place for, for what you guys are doing um, and the conversations that you guys are having. I saw the, the last one that you did with Jamal and Cam. Ooh, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like that Stuff like that is just, it's just conversations that need to be had. So, um, yeah. Um, Definitely. Um, salute to you the other side. The Victoria gets ready. The ladies' edition. Oh, you're gonna do that? Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh my through. gosh, I've never heard that perspective before. 
<laughs> Me either. So I'm excited to hear. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's good. Okay, shoot. Hey, let's have a watch party, Alec. <laughs> <laughs> a listen party? Sure. A listen party. Yeah. We can have a some uh, some Sprite, some strong Sprite, the McDonald's Sprite. <laughs> no, don't drink soda, guys. Soda's okay every now and then. Uh-uh. She's supposed so... to stay there. <laughs> so how can we find you guys what are your you all social media handles so mine is the fresh mom and um that's on instagram and i'm not on twitter i'm pretty much just on instagram i mean i have a facebook account but i don't check it that much you don't use it um and then you can also find us at building generational health so that's on instagram and facebook and we would appreciate the support and the follows there. You can see we just started that page recently. But we're going to um, <clears throat> share some really cool, informative, and just helpful content on there in the re- in the coming days. Yes. Uh, so my social media is Austin underscore McGuffey. That's M-C-G-U-F-F-I-E. It is a capital G. It doesn't matter because I'm a gangster. I'm a gangster. It's a capital G. Oh gosh. Um, Austin underscore McGuffey, and uh, that's pretty much it. I'm just, I'm just on Instagram. We're about to start doing challenges on TikTok. No, he's hmm. lying. No, we ain't doing that. <laughs> <laughs> that would be fun. We'll see. I don't know. We'll see. I can't get with it. We ain't gonna be dancing. I tell you that. Yeah, we can't dance. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone is on TikTok now. Thanks. Well, that's awesome. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, I just want to be able to just say thank you all again for joining us and everyone who's listening to make sure you check out our guest social media handles and also book them. They offer virtual training. They offer consulting and fitness and nutrition. So definitely check out Allison and Fantasia and their organization, Building Generational Health. Also, um, be sure to follow us on social media as well. I am Culinary Effect with the K. And I'm iMac underscore Al. And our page is... Um, keep that same energy podcast, I believe, or is it the Keep That Same Energy podcast? Request to be on y'all's podcast. Um, they can't right now, honestly. Oh, we're it's just kind of. I see. We're kind of selecting people. Okay, <laughs> I, I can dig we want to tell certain stories and right. hear some different perspectives and Our, keep the content intentional, intentional, impactful. right, impactful and fresh. That's, so I can dig that. Cool. That sounds good, man. But if you're listening, go ahead. Oh, no, no, no. You go ahead. It's your show. (laughs) I just want to say, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. Well, not just Apple Podcasts. If you're on any platform that we're on, please do that. Um, Because we have people, you know, not just in America. So we need everybody to to do that and yeah. I just use Google, Spotify mm-hmm. we're on all the platforms check Thank us you. out oh, <laughs> cool well alright um, this is fun thanks man we, we appreciate you guys and 
and we thank you guys for listening to another episode of the keep that same energy podcast with fantasia and austin you guys it's getting late so y'all gotta excuse me tonight but we hope to have you guys back again where we should be hearing the second part um to the last episode with cameron and jamal so we'll see you guys then Thank you. And thank y'all so much. Y'all have a good night and be blessed. Be blessed. Thank you.